Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyoli, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast that reminds us that everyone has a sexual appetite. It just depends on how hungry we each might be in a given moment. Our guest today is a 46-year-old white Midwestern mom of three who has no relationship status. She is into kissing and making out, dressing up in lingerie, giving blowjobs, squirting, she requires pussy licking, and recently tried unicorning for the first time. A cake decorator from Wisconsin, welcome Nicole. Hi. Hey. Can you tell our listeners... If you had to rate yourself today on a sexual shame-o-meter with 10 being the most full of shame and one being not so shamey, where do you fall? In this moment, like a one. Around my kids, it goes way up. I guess I would probably be like a six or a seven. Because I just feel like that's one of those things where you're not sure if it's appropriate or inappropriate or what line you want to cross. And with their ages, it kind of changes. Like at work or public or whatever, I probably am like a three or a four because I just don't put all of that out there for everybody to know. Okay. So is it lower than also with partners? Definitely. Yeah. Where do you get the ideas about how much to share with your kids at a given moment? Like, how do you navigate that? Well, I guess it depends on most of the time it'll be something that they say to me or me knowing that they're comfortable enough to say something to me because things have come up, you know, more serious or things have come up in a joking manner. Like my daughter's talking about throat goat the other day. And I'm like, what is this? And what? And they're telling me this and they're comfortable. I'm like, okay, well, I know what that is. I just don't know all these new names. Wait, <laughs> for this. I don't know what throat goat is. Is that a deep throating thing? They're what is like, it? mom, when you use like, don't you use your hands when you give a blowjob? I'm like, <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. Like you're asking your mom. I would never ask my mom that. 
I also haven't asked my mom that, although my mom has started to like make comments. Like she and my dad the other night were like, oh, is that a sound of a vibrator? Of course, if mom had a vibrator, it would be just for her back. Did you respond to the question about the blowjob? I don't think that I did because okay. I just feel like I just, as much as I would like to conversate, you know, whatever. But I'm like, with my kids, it's so weird. I get it. Well, also when it's not established for me with my family, I was like, this is a new protocol and I don't know what they expect from me. And also every time I do talk about sex with them, they look very uncomfortable. So I stopped. <laughs> I don't know what, you know. <laughs> I know. And that that's the thing, because I never was brought up like that. Yeah. Nobody ever said anything. And I'm very much more open with my kids. But geez, when it comes to some stuff, I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't. Totally. Okay. Can you give us a little overview snapshot of what your sex life is like right now and what your favorite parts are? It's just become uh, random because I'll be dating, you know, one or two guys. And then it, you know, I might see them once a week or something. And just the timing and everything. And then I look at it and I'm like, okay, I could go on dates with five different guys and have sex with five different guys. But I, at this point in my life, I don't want to be doing that anymore. But I'm like, okay, well, something's open or whatever. That's kind of just the way it is. And it's very unpredictable. <laughs> yeah. I can really relate to that. My experience in that sort of relational pattern is it turns into multiple people kind of spread out and then it's sort of this weird casual thing and that's easier sometimes for me to access than a consistent thing and figuring out what it is with a person. Is that the type of experience you've been having or is yours different? Yeah. No, it is like that. I have had a casual relationship and then a period of time goes by and then it picks up into being something more serious. Okay. For the sake of practicing speaking our desires aloud, what would your ideal sex life and or relationship life look like right now? Sex life would have to be very comfortable and spontaneous and fun and just doing whatever I wanted with the same person that was wanting the same thing. Yeah. Nothing like too, too serious or... I want to be open with somebody and be able to be and do everything that I want to do without feeling any judgment or any, any way. I just want to be like super comfortable and super just like what, I guess what I think that I've always wanted. But then if I had to put it on paper, I guess I can't. <laughs> it's like one of those things. Okay. But just being fun and, and not having to worry about who, how many other people are they hooking up with on the side and not telling me about? Mm. And, you know, all of that dynamic, I guess. In your perfect world, what would the balance between, like, well, okay, I guess you said putting stuff on paper is hard, but say you had a bucket list of, like, here's the sexy things I want to do. Would you like your partner to initiate, or do you like to initiate those things more, or what sort of balance do you like there? That's an interesting question because I think that I would like to initiate, but no, I will always want my partner to initiate. Okay. But I'm very open with saying like what I would like to do or what I'm open to and everything. Yeah. I guess it's more so, are you listening to what I am wanting and needing? And then what are you going to do about it? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, 
are you listening? Do you also want this? If I'm brave enough to go first and reveal my desire, to me, the like clear fuck yes is either you like talk to me about scheduling it or making it real if it requires that, or then we just go ahead and take the next step. Okay. So now tell us what is sexy to you? Today I had a revelation. I'm like, I really think a man that can be vulnerable is very sexy. Being close and intimate with somebody and being vulnerable in that situation as a man is so sexy. Yeah. Do you have a time from the past when a partner was open and vulnerable with you in a way that was super hot to you, to give a specific? Being 46 and men that are around the same age, they get really like self-conscious about things. And I guess recently, you know, I was with somebody around the same age and he was just like, I'm sorry, you know, my body isn't perfect or, you know, great. I'm like, neither is mine. I don't care. Like, obviously I've had three kids and gravity takes over like a bitch. And it's like, I don't she care. looks great. Everyone listening, if you're not watching YouTube, she looks great. <laughs> okay. But I think guys are so self-conscious about that stuff. And he was like, I'm sorry. I'm like, God, no, you're like, you're good. Uh, don't be like that. Yeah. Can you tell us when you feel sexiest? I really feel sexy when I am very comfortable. First of all, I like to be really comfortable with that person. And if I'm wearing like some nice lingerie and some heels and maybe have it on underneath my outfit of what I'm wearing out and, you know, whatever. And knowing that that's under there, I love it. I love like lacy bras and panties and stuff like that. It makes you feel so good, even if nobody else sees it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I really want to get some new nice lingerie. I haven't actually purchased anything that was like I don't know, some Amazon things, but like I haven't gotten anything in quite a while that was like really sexy feeling. So I feel you there. Do you have a favorite like brand or anything or favorite set that you like to wear? Not necessarily. I think I always like it's either like lace mm-hmm. or fishnet. And those are like my things because fishnet especially, it's stretchy in all the right places. And I can't always fit everything in there. Oh, yeah. And the other ones. <laughs> love it. Okay, now tell us what counts as sex for you. This is, I think, one of your hardest questions. Because I literally still in my head, sex is just penetration. Me too. I just ask this because I can't tell what other people mean. And like these questions also, I sometimes have different answers on every day. So like they're not chess questions, but like I think of it as penetration too. Now, did you ever get an explicit health and safety talk or a lesson in consent from an adult that you trusted growing up? No. What about sex ed in school? We had sex ed in school. Had to have been fourth grade. I think it was, you know, with the gym teacher and pretty basic. Nothing super exciting. But because of that, actually transpired into like a different part of my upbringing and stuff and they always had the question box or whatever that you could put like something in there Mm -hmm. and I don't know gosh fourth grade what are you like eight nine whatever and I put something in there about my my boy cousin that was like touching me and I guess I didn't realize you're not supposed to put your name on there but you know obviously I did and then that turned into a whole thing of 
you know, with my family and stuff. So I had a boy cousin, I was eight or nine, and he would have been like 11, probably. And he would pull me into the rooms and other rooms and by ourselves and touch me and, you know, just like say dirty things to me and whatever. And that happened for years. I think it was like, you know, two, three years as much as I know before I even said anything to my teacher, I guess. So you went from having no information in your family, in your home life about sex, and then this experience with your cousin. And then when you did finally gather up the courage to ask a curious question about this thing that you were experiencing, what happened? Like, what what did they do? It sounds like there was a big thing, but like, what, what was it? Your... Was. It, it was, but it wasn't. Okay. Which is like one of those things of now that I think of it, I'm like, gosh, I was just I had no idea of anything, you know, you don't, whatever, I didn't know what to make of it. And then I was like, okay, well, now I told my teacher, of course, I thought I was going to be in trouble, you know, and then my parents were brought in and I, you know, all of that. But I guess long story short, nothing was done. It got brushed under the rug. I went to therapy, which I'm sure helped somewhat, but I don't think it was really approached in the right manner because my parents were, I don't remember them being at all empathetic or protecting of me in that situation. Not that they didn't do anything. It was just brush it under the rug because it was my cousin and I still had to see him, still have to see him. Nothing's ever been done. And later in his life, he did end up serving some time for sex with minors. I mean, it's kind of nothing was ever done. And one of those things where I think nothing was ever done and this and this inappropriately. But I have definitely been, I'm okay with it. Like, yeah, that all happened, you know, whatever. But, you know, there's like things in your head that sometimes you're like, why didn't my parents protect me or why? I was still spending family time with him. Yeah. Wow. Is there anything you would like to say about that experience? Maybe even like way after the fact, it sounds like you are okay with it, as you said, but was there anything else that you took to get there? Because it sounds like your therapy maybe wasn't everything you needed to be. I guess it really has been one of those things with my kids that I've always been like very aware and made them aware of you know, could be a friend, it could be a family member, it could be anybody that's never okay. So I've just always been open with them about that kind of stuff because heaven forbid that would ever happen to them. Yeah. So I think that's probably the biggest thing with that. Yeah. And that's what we can do actively to end cycles of violence. That's kind of the only thing we can do is talk about. Well, not the only thing. That is one thing that's in our power to do. As an adult, can you give us an example of a time that you said a very clear yes to a partner or had a partner say yes to you in a way that ended up leading to a very sexy situation? Yeah, I've had a friend that's been close for, you know, some time and it was a male friend and just, you know, you always kind of feel that like attraction and, you know, whatever. And would text sometimes and it would be really sexy conversation. And over the years, it just has transpired to 
more and more. And finally, when I was just like, yes, we're going to have sex. We're going to, you know, this is, this is on. And it's like, that was so great because it had been that transgression over years and years. And then finally, and it's like, it's great. Amazing. Who initiated it? I, it was very mutual. Very <gasps> cool. mutual. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, now tell us what happens to your shame meter when it is time to talk to a partner about safer sex. Well, I definitely have a hard time with it because about 10 years ago, I found out I had herpes from somebody that was not honest with me. And it was a terrible one night stand. And I don't want to put anybody else in that situation. So it's very, very difficult. It's so difficult to have that conversation, but it's like once you rip that Band-Aid off, it's just so much better, of course, because as much of a difficult conversation as it is, I'm so, so adamant about talking about it because I never wanted to put anyone else in that situation that I was put in. I have no choice. Now I have it forever. I feel you. You know that I am in the exact same position and... I would love if you could tell us the parts that feel the most difficult and if any of that has changed for you over the last decade. Well, I think because there's such a stigma around STIs or diseases, I guess there's such a stigma around it. And it's so difficult because you feel like who's going to be like, oh, yeah, I want to have sex with you. You have herpes. But I am amazed at how many men I have come across men and women, I should say, that are like, okay, like, and blah, blah, blah. Like, how do we move on? And how do we do this? Yeah. Very surprising to me. I am 100% vulnerable and open to somebody at that point. And I really, really, really prolong that conversation as long as I feel I need to, because I want to make sure that you're somebody that I'm open to even getting to that place. It actually makes me stop and think a little bit more. Mm, I kind of love that and wish I could say the same. (laughs) I've been kind of on the other end of the spectrum. I'm like, I'll filter them out fast. I've only had a couple people be weird about it and weirdly enough, get weird about it. Like after they're like, okay, yeah, let's do some stuff. And then they just peace out. So that's that's the weirdest. But for the most think about it, then they're not thinking with their dick anymore. They're thinking about it with their brain. Yeah. But then that's not fair. Well, it's a mind fuck. And it's also why I am practicing slowing down, but really resentful of this sort of like, okay, so I have to like manage everything. Yeah. (laughs) And like, I have to go slow. I have to do all the pacing. I have to. Okay. 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 Yeah. You know, and I will say. I've only had a couple people be weird about it in the couple handfuls of people who I've talked to since since I got it. And I've I've really been dropping it early and really framing it in the, hey, I like to talk about health and safety and be really clear about it because here's what happened to me and I never want anyone else to be that same way. And I also want to make sure that I'm with someone who's super comfortable talking about it because I have only gotten STIs and I've gotten a couple from people who I had multiple health and safety conversations with. Now I do ask for test results that I started doing recently and I've been getting weirder responses for that, which I'm like, if you just told me that you got a recent negative test, it shouldn't be hard to show it to me. I don't know. Right. You know, so. Right. Because I find it's hard that for anyone to be honest when you're like, come on, let's, let's just think 
about this. And, and you know, I, I will be honest and say, I don't always have like an in-depth conversation. I feel like I'm more, mostly like, hey, here's my deal, you know? And it's like, well, why the fuck am I not asking them like, okay, and what about you? Yeah. I feel like no matter what, they'd be lying. Oh, interesting. Because I also recently, well, somebody that I am currently seeing and I had the conversation with him and I said, listen, you know, here's the deal. I have herpes. He's like, oh, I do too. I wouldn't have told you beforehand. Or I normally don't tell other people. I'm like, what? That's bonkers, man. It's crazy to me. And that's why we have so many issues. So in your perfect world, how would this conversation go? I would think it would be more of the male bringing it up first and being responsible and mindful and, you know, thoughtful of that ahead of time and saying like, you know, here's whatever, you know, I've been tested or I guess however he would say it. Yeah. And I would have to be honest, but still it's like, I I feel like it can't be perfect. I am waiting for the day that a partner comes up to me and says, Hey, I think you're really sexy and I would like to have sex with you. And I want to make sure that we're safe about it. So I get tested every however often they get tested. And here's what my partner landscape looks like. And so here's sort of the risk profiles that we're dealing with. And by the way, I was tested on this date and here are my results. What's your status? Is there anything that I need to know so that we can play safely? And would you feel comfortable sharing your test results? Or would you like to go on a second date to get tested together? Like, that's what I'm waiting for. That person is a person I want to bang. Everyone else, I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Am I going to get something from you? You know, <laughs> and like. Right. I, and I guess, you know, in a perfect world, I guess it would be being 100% honest because really, don't tell me you're not seeing anybody else. I know you're seeing other people. You're playing the game. I'm playing the game too. Like, I know what you're doing. So just be honest with me so I can make the decision on my own. As to if it's worth it or not. Yeah. And I will say, I the partner that gave me herpes, I had two separate conversations and said, and if you start seeing anyone else, especially if you have unprotected sex, please let me know before we fuck. Like, please let me know. And I checked in each time and that person says he didn't understand that conversation that we had twice. It sounds like you've had a lot of partners not be honest with you. Is that something that's come up for you? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's very disappointing. Are you monogamous or polyamorous or do you, like, are you casually dating? How do you identify there? Casually dating, I guess. Like aiming for monogamy? Yeah. I mean, I would like that. I mean, geez, somebody that I live with maybe three days out of the week. Yeah. (laughs) You know, as long as there's a really good trust in it, we don't need to live together because, God, I don't like people enough. (laughs) I really like my space. Right. I don't even like to have my kids live with me. Okay, so now take us back to your younger years. We've heard a little bit about some of the stuff that wasn't ideal. Was there anything before that? Like, was that your first memory of sex? What was your first consensual memory of sex? Gosh, I can say that I've always been like the girl that likes the boys. You know, like, ooh, he kissed me or ooh, he touched me or ooh, he let me borrow his T-shirt. You know, like, I've always liked the boys and you know all of that and so I've always liked the little things yeah that I think I appreciate now 
more, you know, the holding the hands and stuff like that. So then, you know, I was always like, when am I going to, you know, get to the next step with somebody or whatever. But really, my home life, we didn't talk about it. God, I can't. That's why I think some of the stuff with my kids is so crazy because I would never talk about it with my parents. Okay. So it just has always kind of progressed, but nothing was ever like explicitly talked about growing up. Was your household religious at all or was it just kind of culturally, it sounds like maybe a little bit conservative or maybe just kind of the romantic ideals that we have been raised with a little bit? Right. When we were younger, we were a little bit more into like going to church and, you know, that stuff. Kind of go to church, but it wasn't like a all day affair or a big thing. And otherwise, we were just kind of, you know, Midwestern. (laughs) Boring. Okay, so no clear messages. What about friends or any media that you came across? And were there any, like, negative sex messages that you got? Or was it just sort of mute? No, it was definitely just not talked about. Like, not whatever. Until I was older, of course. Like, you know, middle school or, like, you hear of that girl in middle school or, you know, that's fast or whatever Mm -hmm. I say. Was it just girls that were promiscuous or was there ever talk about boys being promiscuous? I feel like it was always talking about the girls. Yeah, that tracks with my experience as well. When did you discover your own body? When I was 40. I'm just kidding. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Really, I guess, really, kind of, yeah. I'm very small. I'm only like five feet tall. Okay. So I feel like I've always been like this little girl and that's what I feel like a little girl and... I never thought that I was any sort of like, you know, like anything that guys would be wanting to look at or anything when I was uh, really, really until I was a lot older. I just never felt like that. Okay. So you didn't explore your body at all? Like, did you touch yourself at all as a teen or young person? No, I didn't until I was like maybe a junior or a senior in high school. Like that never came to mind. I started, like, fooling around with boys and stuff in, like, 7th or 8th grade, I guess. And then it kind of progressed from there, and it was more so, I think. I liked the attention of boys, and I guess I felt like it was for the attention of boys, not for always necessarily what I wanted or whatever. But, you know, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Did you have awareness of what you also wanted, or was it more just, like, driven by, does this work? Does this work? Like... Like, what did you feel? I think it was driven by what the other girls were doing and, you know, what is kind of the norm and what you should be doing and stuff. What unquote should be. Yeah, yeah. I can really relate to trying to figure that out. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health. But if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. 
They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. So from those early partnered experiences, what stands out as formative for you? Like what parts kind of like shaped you in whatever ways you feel are important? I lost my virginity when I was just before I was 15. And it was just really because my cousin had a boyfriend and it was her boyfriend's friend and, you know, that kind of stuff. Very uneventful, okay. unfortunately. Nothing was pleasurable, really. It was just because you're, you know, just supposed to have sex. In high school, I did have a long-term boyfriend and we did have a lot of sex. And I learned what kind of everything was with him. And he was not the first guy to go down on me, but he was definitely the first guy to make it enjoyable. Because, nice. you know, there's a lot of guys trying to figure that stuff out. Yeah. But he was the first one to really, it really was enjoyable. And I love it still. So probably molded that for me, but... I really just love, like I said before, all those little things of like, it's not kinky or anything, but I love hold my hand, touch me, like kissing. I love kissing and making out and like that feeling you get so connected to somebody or I shouldn't say you, I feel like that. I feel like that's the closest I can be to somebody is when you're and you're like all in the moment and grabbing and, and then it just kind of transpires because Sometimes I'm like, dang, it just went to like, okay, a little kissing. Oh, you got a boner now. Okay, now we're fucking like, yeah, that's boring. What a waste of a possibly transcendent experience, even if it's casual. That's how I feel about it. I'm like, even if I'm having casual sex, I would like to have casual sex with someone who is like there with me and like really wants to touch me. Not just like getting it in. What about the specifics of your pussy receiving pleasure, especially from a mouth? Like, and how does she like to be touched? Like what sort of, I know that there's not like one formula, but I do ask these questions because I'm still trying to figure out every pussy's different to me. And I like panic each time it, there's a new one. Or even each time I revisit a one I know, I, every time I'm like, it it is, <laughs> I feel like it's very complicated. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot there. So just tell us first what you love, and then we'll, and then we'll hear about your experiences the other direction. I love everything. No, I mean, I, I feel like I don't have an overly sensitive pussy, but I have a very receptive pussy. And, like, the anticipation, if a guy is going down and, like, that anticipation of that first touch, I'm like, like, oh my gosh, I can't stand it because it just feels so good. I do like aggressive. I do like, but not, you don't have to be overly aggressive. You don't have, it's not a lottery ticket. It's just approach it how it looks, you know, kind of delicate. But if I'm giving you cues, like read the room, you know, kind of thing. But yes, I lick it and you can suck my clit. Like tight suck up close or like all the lips in the big mouth sucking and pushing? 
everything all of all the whole range okay i love it it feels so good how much warm-up do you need before you can get to that aggressive point like is it like hold your hand kiss sensual tasties tease and like you know working up to it or does it just depend i think it just depends but pretty much not very much time like i'm all about it and spend some time i mean like geez if i'm liking it don't move fuck yeah yes yeah stay right there yeah <laughs> and then if you're gonna like insert some fingers it's all over and I am a squirter and it's just gonna keep on happening and just you know just the whole thing of sucking my nipples and going back and forth that's it you can suck my nipples I can have an orgasm off of getting my nipples sucked it's great cool. and it takes a little bit of time but it's all of that whole moment of kiss me, touch me, suck my nipples and that aggression and everything. Oh, for sure. That's it's great. so cool. I would like to hear details about your squirting. Do you squirt when your nipples get sucked? No, it needs manual stimulation still, right? Squirting I have a hard time with. I love that it happens. Most people love that it happens. It's a mess. And it's annoying. Do you have a blanket? Like a sheet, a squirt well, sheet? I have, I did buy one on Amazon. I'm like, it's a miracle worker. It is great. Okay. I have destroyed like everything. And, and that's where it's annoying. <laughs> if you're just fooling around someplace and I've got my pants on, yeah. I don't want to walk around with wet pants. So now I'm like, <gasps> I'm holding on to it or whatever. But yeah, once I am relaxed and everything it's happening and it's crazy because it just happened one time with my ex-husband in his truck that was like the first time I'm like that's a terrible place but (laughs) oh well oh well but then once I really once I got a divorce and really got familiar with myself and what I liked and open and not feeling so self-conscious about myself then that's when it all just like happened and I could like squirt and I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. It's great. Do you do it every time you orgasm or can you do it to yourself or what's the... I cannot do it to myself. Okay. I didn't think I could, but I recently was using a vibrator and I put my fingers in just for something different because I've been doing different things. And then I was like, oh, it's really what? Oh, wait, what is this? And I have been able to recreate it a couple times, but that was just last week. So I'm like, oh, oh, new things to explore. And it's not the same as like when my former master would like, you know, there's a different angle and whatever, but I haven't also tried to be as vigorous. So I'm just feeling the wetness. But how much have you tried? What have you experienced? I'm trying to think. I feel like it's one when you can get at just that right angle and you know what you're doing and everything. Yeah. It just is like it will not stop. It just doesn't stop. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to be dehydrated. I was going to say, do you need to make sure that you hydrate specifically so that you don't like get a headache afterward? I haven't even thought of it that far because sometimes it's very surprising. Then sometimes it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, maybe you're dehydrated on those days. It's not even like a mind over matter thing. I think it's a subconscious thought. There's some thought there, but I just don't realize it until after and I'm like that's why I did it I don't want to ruin your furniture or your 
car or my furniture yeah no totally i'm like this is my leather couch please don't make me squirt here without a towel and a thing okay <laughs> i need more than a towel even yeah i'll be like no not a hand towel we need a bath yeah. towel <laughs> folded over many times okay do you want to tell us next about your experiences with other vagina owners and when did you sort of start to discover your bisexual self I mean, vagina owners isn't very long because I feel like I don't have very many experiences. Yet. Right. We're curious about your desire, too. You know, it's the whole, well, everything. I guess maybe, I think I've heard you talk about it before. You don't realize that you are, like, crushing on a girl or you didn't until didn't. later. And you're like, oh, my God, that's what, it, what I like you? You know? I like, like and I guess you. I've always been Right. Like, yeah. oh, I do. And I do think that you are cute. And, you know, I guess I I haven't thought about that. Yeah. And then it has happened to me. And I'm like, it's a dynamic that I can't comprehend in my head sometimes Ooh. that I've always kind of had of like, well, why do I feel that sort of way towards a female as opposed to a male? But that is like something that I've, you know, tried to figure out as I get older. And I feel like I have to like know everything. I don't need to know everything. I just, I feel like you just should like who you like. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I feel really lucky because I definitely talk to most people who are like, yeah, whoever you like, whatever they have, whatever parts they have, however many people they want to play with. And then I travel back to my hometown where there are monogamous straight frames are the norm. And I totally forget. And I'm like, oh, right. It's a different world over here. And I, I forget how often that, that, it actually is a big deal for people because I'm in my own little echo chamber of sexiness that it is a big deal for some people. And I can still recognize the parts in my own self that are like, I don't have a lot of examples of how this goes in my own super close sphere growing up, you know, certainly not formatively. And so I am still figuring out, especially since I'm going to use a broad generalization here, I have a lot of quote unquote masculine qualities, which is to say people, guys I date especially will be like, you're kind of like a boy. And I'm like, well, no, I'm not. I'm I'm very feminine. I also am very active, but like, okay, you know? And so so it's just confusing to be like, oh, what am I supposed to be doing here? And if I like someone, how can I? Do you have a gaydar? Like, no. can you tell? Okay, me neither. So it like, oh, makes it hard. Have, I'm always like, how do I how do I pick up a chick? I have no idea. Yeah, I'm working on that too. We'll figure it out. Have you kissed girls? Like, what are your favorite parts about femme bodies? And, like, have you gone down on vaginas or touched them? Or, like, what's your, what are, what are your experiences? I have kissed girls. I don't know. Growing up, I kind of, good example, when I'm going through puberty with my best friend, and, she, you know, you get, like, you're starting your nipples, and you're like, oh, my God. And then I'm like, oh. You know, it's a little bit different, but I'm like, I wonder what it feels like today. You know? Yeah. But then later on, I mean, you're just like, okay, never mind. Tuck that in my pocket. But as I got older and, you know, I think the first girl that I kissed was probably just a friend at the club, you know, just being goofy and girls and stuff. Yep. But God, I love it. Like, I love kissing girls. And I had a friend that was, we were friends and it was great. We had, it was a dynamic of, you know, her boyfriend wanted to bring another girl in. So I was the third and I loved it. It was so much fun. And it was just very casual. And we remained friends while it was going on and stuff. Amazing. And it was just something, you know, fun every once in a while. And we enjoyed it. Where was that in your formative experiences? Oh, probably when I was like 40. 
so later than I would think. But I guess, like I said before, I kind of figured out who I am and very comfortable with myself in my 40s, my late 30s in my 40s. I've definitely gotten comfortable with it. And, you know, I'm open to a lot of things that a lot of my friends are not. And I'm like the wild and crazy. And oh, my God, I can't believe you're doing this. And Yes, I know. Okay, well, don't be hating because I'm having a good time. (laughs) Yeah, fuck yeah. When did you consciously admit to yourself, oh, I like ladies too? Or was that more recent or was that back in No, I think that was about that time when I really was like, oh, I really like this. Okay. Fill in the gaps for us leading. We heard ex-husband and squirt and truck. But from your formative experiences that we know about, like what else was happening kind of in the last couple of decades? I had kids when I was younger and then sex never was a much of anything until I got to be in my thirties and speaking up for myself and really saying, you know what I like, what I don't like. And it was more of, you know, that vanilla kind of married sex and stuff. And so, yeah, when I got to be older, then it was just, you know, okay, I like to have sex. Like, let's like, fuck, I'm talking about not once a week as much as I can. Was that your vanilla married sex? I would love to hear the details of what that was for you. I'm also very curious about the part of you that was like sex wasn't a thing. Is it because you didn't have desire or you just didn't have like time? Well, when I was in my 20s, it was a thing. Yeah, I wanted to have sex, but it was just a thing of not being trusting of some people or everything was so casual. And, you know, it was like I didn't really have anything real consistent then because it was, you know, so casual and stuff. But I wanted to have sex all the time. So it was, you know, hooking up with somebody at work or, you know, a friend ended up being a fuck buddy and, you know, that kind of stuff. It never really got to be anything too serious, I guess. And then I got married and I thought it was going to be. And it was, yeah, like two, three times a week, the usual. But it still wasn't getting me to be satisfied. And yeah, I feel like. I don't know if that ever can happen, but it happened a little bit more as I got older and got divorced and was able to verbalize what I really wanted. And I'm not afraid of it, being open to somebody and telling them what I really want. What are the voices inside of you that say, oh, maybe it's not possible? Like, what are they specifically talking about? I don't know if my sexual desire is able to be like fulfilled, pleased, like I haven't met my match. Okay, so it's about looking for a certain type of partnership. Take us into your fantasy world a little bit, and what would that feel like? So romantic, lots of kissing, lingerie. Like, share with us the details. Like, being in that really connected kind of adoration of a relationship and wanting to fuck the shit out of me. And, like, doing that and pleasing me, and because I want to please you. You know, like, that kind of stuff. Slap my ass as I walk through the door. You know, that kind of stuff where it doesn't have to be so public or whatever out there. We have this like kind of thing at home and that's what's going down. It doesn't have to be all the time or every day or whatever, but some sort of sexual spark and connection and touch some sort throughout the day. We're not roommates. Yeah. I want to be in that total connection with somebody and both know what we both want and not afraid to say it or not afraid to, you know, say something. Fuck yeah. 
If you were hypothetically deeply resourced in yourself, so you had enough sleep, you had enough money, you had low stress levels, and you had a partner that was fucking sexy and they were in a similar boat, would you want to have sex every day? Yeah. Okay, me too. (laughs) Me too. Okay, cool. (laughs) Just curious. Not everyone does. Like, some people it is too much stimulation, but I'm like, and then I would need my alone time. Like, if we were going to fuck every day, like, four out of the seven days a week, then I'd be like, okay, now we had our time and now we'll go away. And then I would want a couple of, like, longer, more extended things. But Right. And when I have sex, like, sometimes, okay, an hour, two hours, whatever, the whole whatever. Yeah. And sometimes we can just fuck quickly and get on with our business. I'm cool with that. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) With my former master, I love when we would go on a date, he would come over and we'd be so excited to touch each other. And then we would like just fuck a little bit. Nobody would come. And then we would go to dinner and the whole thing was a big, huge turn on. And then we still had to wait long enough to digest because I love to eat and I eat a lot of food when I go to a dinner and then like have to digest. And that's when we would like go to the hot tub or bathe. And so it, it created this whole beginning, middle end journey, which has been really, truly lacking, even with the partners who I've met since who've been like, I love to give you attention. I'm like, oh, oh, wow, 10 minutes of focused attention is a lot for you. Okay, well, I've been spoiled. (laughs) Okay, all right. You know, and so I'm really finding ways to communicate my desire with invitation, and I'm still fucking clumsy at it so far. So I'm really trying to just, you know, be like, what I'd really love is, you know, what I'd really love to hear from you now is, When did you start getting into lingerie? Like, what prompted that? Like, why do you like lace? Why do you like those textures? Or what is it that you like about them? That's a really good question. I haven't even, I don't even know. I think it was like, when I was married, I think I had a few, a little nighty thing, nothing even remote to being as sexy as it can be. But like, I think it is just the femininity and guys are so visual. I think it's so sexy. And I like to you know, like, what's your favorite color? Or what do you like? When you think of a girl in lingerie, what is she wearing? Like that kind of thing. I want to answer that. And then I want you to answer it. What popped into my head is like, a really strappy high end, like, it's kind of a bra, but it's like not a full bra, because it's like very strappy. Like I just saw a picture of one of these. And then it also has the Oh, my God, I need to learn words about clothes. It has like a harness. It's like a bra, but a harness, but the straps look more like beautiful ribbons. Like the one that I looked at was like a bright teal turquoise blue, but it was like very structured. So I think it was very like high in lingerie. And then it had a garter belt that was similarly strappy and like, you know, the really high waisted thong, but like with beautiful, beautiful detail on it, like lace and stitching. And then it had garters and beautiful thigh highs. And it was like this beautiful teal color. So that's what popped into my head when you said lingerie. And I was like, yes. What popped into yours? I heard 90, but... Like a whole teddy, like white lace teddy, garters, you know, thigh highs. A classic high heel. And like, I, you got to keep them on the whole time. <laughs> Love it. Did you have lingerie on your wedding night? Like, is that, were you that kind of romantic? Or like, what, what was your kind of vibe there? I like? did, but it probably didn't even matter at that point. Because I think we had kids in our room. That's terrible. But I think that I do like that, you know, when it's like that you have it on and nobody knows that you're wearing it except for you. Or maybe you might share it with your partner. And I think it's kind of that kind of thing. That wedding night thing is the thought of like, you know, you think you take your wedding dress off and then what do you have on underneath? I love that. Also, thanks for helping me understand clothes and how to use them as a turn on. 
I'm storing these tips in my brain. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor, and they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice, so I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people? This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Flora. As life's routine settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories, so they downloaded Floor and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Floor's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor app celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Fleur invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Fleur now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. I would love to hear you speak to what your sexual self was like when pregnant, when having kids. Like, like how did kids affect your sex life? When I was pregnant with my one daughter, I could not get enough sex. And I was with nobody. And it was terrible. That's what happens sometimes. But then otherwise, I guess I really did. I don't think I really thought of it as a thing. It just really wasn't a thing to me. And they affected me more so of my body. You know, like I gained all this weight and then lose it all. And I am, like I said, I'm a small person. Yeah. So then I ended up getting my boobs done. And it's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> having bigger boobs and I think that it's like it is guys look at your tits and but it also brings a little bit more to your sex life and your a few things that you're able to do wait like what like titty fucking tell us about titty fucking like you can having lube is great of course <laughs> but you know and because I can squeeze them together enough to hold their dick in there and not all the time, because if they're a little bit too big, then that's just too much. But it's fun, and it's something else to do, because, you know, not everyone with boobs can do that. But I'm very also self-conscious about them, too, because I don't want to be perceived. I guess it's a social thing of feeling like, oh, don't look at me like I've got, like, too much cleavage or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. You know, in the workplace and stuff like that, I kind of feel like that. And I don't want to be perceived in that manner, but... Yeah, in the bedroom or whatever, it's great. Yeah. Like, I love it. Totally. Raise my nipples across your legs while I'm giving you a blowjob or, you know, just everything. Love that. It's like you could read my mind because I was going to ask you about blowjobs next and going down <laughs> on partners. So start with penis owners and then tell us if you have anything to say about vaginas. But like, what do you love about going down on a partner? I just love it. I feel like I'm so enthusiastic about it. If you are clean, I'm going to want to give you a blowjob. 
if I don't think that it's going to be appealing, I'm not even going to go there. Yeah. Because gross. We mean like clean showered, right? You're not into like sweaty balls? No, thank you. Okay. No. I mean, you know, though, I just listened to one of your shows the other day and you can smell, smelling like your partner's like pheromones and whatever. Yes, that's a different thing. I love knowing that I'm pleasing somebody. Also, when I know that they really appreciate it and it really is like turning them on and it feels good and they let me know that. Yeah. I love it. Wait, so are you a throat goat? Gosh, I don't know. I don't know what's that real definition. <laughs> Would, well, just tell us, do you use your hands and how? Of course. <laughs> I mean, if it's big enough, yes, use your hands. Because I also think, okay, what would they be doing if they're masturbating? Because, you know, like that kind of thing. But yeah, you need everything to be stimulated. And if once I can get like all the saliva and make it, and I used to not be like that. I used to not like sloppy because I really don't like spit. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> no, you're not. But say more about that. Is even with making out or just blowjob? Like, is it specific yeah, or is it all? It has to okay. be, like, the right amount. Yeah. And I don't like spitting. I don't like seeing people spit. So, like, I know a lot of times people spit on their hand, you yeah. know, in sex or spit on your pussy or whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't know why. It bothers me. It used to bother me. It would squiggle me out. But then I got kinky and now I'm like, spit on that. Like degradation kink, I don't know. That is one of those things if somebody's like, Can I spit on like no? Like, don't ask me. If you're gonna use spit, just don't ask. Just just do it. Wait, wait, so you're okay with non-consensual spit? I mean, sometimes you need it. Yeah, if lube isn't on hand and if you're like willing to use the spit for it. My daughter told me though that like she was having sex with a guy and he asked her if she he could spit in her mouth. And I was like, I mean, this is one of those conversations I'm talking about. It comes up and you're like, oh, my God. Somebody said that to my daughter. Good point. Yeah. (laughs) How was that for you? I'm like, what did you say? She was like, no, because she she was thinking about mouth. Like everything that's in your mouth is going to go in my mouth. Totally his thing. Great. But I don't know what I would have done in that situation. I have received spit in my mouth a couple of times, and I liked it. How are you with spit now in turn, like, in making out, like, volume-wise or, like, blowjob? If it's too much, it's kind of a, it just just kind of is a turnoff. But most of the time, if you're a good kisser, I mean, that's just it. You're not going to have too much spit. Okay. What about vaginas and, like, wetness or, like, does your squirt? I know squirt is different from spit, but, like, kind of. What Like, does does that stuff, is that tweak the same thing? That does not bother me. Great. Okay. Cool. It's just spit. It's weird. But so when I'm giving a blowjob and I can really get the, all the spit happening and everything, it makes it so much better. And I just, I love ev- every part of it. Awesome. It just gets so exciting because I know that I'm pleasing him and it, I can't deep throw. I can get it pretty far. Yeah. But I don't, I'm afraid to throw up. I have not, but I feel like I would be so embarrassed, yeah. which I don't know why I would be embarrassed, but you know, it's like, When I think about it, then that's when my gag reflexes. Totally. No, that makes perfect sense. That's a huge psychological thing. I also have practiced with dildos. They're not tasty, but (laughs) that is is how I've practiced a little bit. (laughs) But I had a partner. That's a good idea. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. And then, and you know, that way I could like pick the size and just get comfortable. Also with anal sex. Like I, I used to like 
especially after my former master and I broke up, like I, I fuck myself in the ass sometimes. But even before when I still had a partner that I was doing it with, that's part of how I gained trust in my own body of just being in control of the feeling myself and like just just in this <laughs> experimental sort of way. What about vagina owners and putting your mouth on them? Have you had experience with that? What's it been like? I have. I definitely have. I really like to and I really want to. But then I feel like I get down there and I'm like, shit, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, driving a new car. Where is everything? How does it work? But gosh, it's really as exciting to me probably as giving a blowjob. If it was just so, it's a lot more dynamic. And it, like, how do you figure it all out? I don't know. But gosh, I really want to. Yeah. You know? I've been really practicing my communication with femme partners, vagina owners, and just like, Part of what I've been working on in my own personal sex life is letting go of my own fear of self-judgment because I have so many past stories stored up of like all the bad things that have happened. But now I'm like, whatever, if someone's upset that I'm trying to figure out how to pleasure them and need words to do that or like need guidance, then like they don't deserve my mouth on their pussy. So I've been really, really explicit in being like, what does that feel like? Is there something that would feel better? And, you know, trying to apply some of the, like, numbers things that a recent guest was doing, you know, with impact play, but being, like, pleasure-wise, like, where is this on your scale? You know, and it, of course, takes a partner who's willing to have that conversation, but I've also had a little bit of fun recently making first sessions with partners, like, exploratory missions. And it's also a way that I've, like, helped people slow down because I want to speed through everything, but I also want a lot of time. You know, I'm very eager. Maybe you can relate to this. Eager turned on, want all of it, need a partner who can help me stretch it all out because I want a lot of sensuality and time. Yeah. Yes. I want it all, but I'm not in a rush. Yeah. You know, it can happen multiple times in an evening, yes. but yes. don't give me just like, if we have 15 minutes, give me five minutes of fucking and the rest of it has to be like everything else. So I want <laughs> Love it. it. Love it. Okay, what else do we not know about turn-on-wise yet? Like your body specifics, things that you've done and loved. Like what else do we need to kind of know about your sexual self? I'm attracted to somebody that I can connect with really well and I can trust. Once I get to know somebody, then it just all goes someplace else. You know, it's a turn-on. And also, I don't want to be in charge of anything. You take charge. Show me what you want. Have your words match your actions. Ugh. Have your actions match your words. Right. Don't tell me that, oh, yeah, I, I'm super sexual and I want to, you know, have sex all the time. And then, no, you don't. Yeah. You just want to tell me what you think I want to hear. Such an interesting one that comes up a lot. So there must be some dual cultural pressure, which is just a big mind fuck, in my opinion. I'm like, what? Like, we're supposed to be prudish, but also then we say we want sex, but then you behave prudish. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> it's very, that's very frustrating because I'm like, I'm not exaggerating my desires or I'm not making it up to make me look different or better or whatever. I'm just being honest with you. Yeah, it's, I've noticed it's really, really tough when I encounter people that maybe don't realize that they are accidentally, I call them regular human lies, and it's just because they're telling me their idealized version of self and what they're hoping to grow into, and and more recently, there have been a, a lot of new attempts at partnership for me personally have included, and maybe you'll be the one to turn me into that thing, and I'm like, no, I can't, like, I won't, I can't. <laughs> 
It's not my job. It's only you could do it. That's the whole point. So I can, I can really relate. I heard you say the word submissive. Is that something you would like to explore more formally? I don't know. I feel like the more and more I think about things, the more and more I like to be directed. I like to be, you tell me what you want. You tell me. And I'm not afraid to do what you ask of me or what you want. And sometimes I don't know. I feel like I am aggressive, where, but I'm not dominant, Yeah, I don't think. I'm very aggressive, and I have to make a concerted effort on purpose to be dominant. Like, I can. I can. I've been honing this skill, but I like you. Also, I don't know that you actually said the word submissive. My brain thought submissive. I heard that you like someone else to lead. But yes, I can really relate to that. And just because we can be very vigorous, like oftentimes submissive. For me, the greatest gift was having someone that was like, now worship me. And at that point, I had enough confidence and trust in the relationship to feel like I could do a good job. And I feel like that is how I started to grow a lot of my personal sexual confidence that was separate from that relationship, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I feel like I have that. It's like, I was just saying the other day, it's like a modern old-fashioned value. I like to be able to speak my piece, my voice, have a voice, I guess. Yeah. But I like the male to kind of take the lead and take charge and have that confidence. And so I think that's that whole thing of like, you know, that old-fashioned, like the guy kind of makes the first move and the guy opens the door and that kind of stuff. I like that. It's like, that kind of stuff is very attractive to me. And that is a turn on. So like, if you're going to take charge and you're going to do that, great, go for it. Yes. As long as all of those things are done with my experience in mind, because I'm getting really bored of people that are just like, want an audience and do not give a shit about me. me. Like I'm a fill in the blank. What about if you are or hypothetically were seeing a femme person, would you still want them to be as dominant? Like, would you want them to lead? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I don't know that that's something that I've thought about. I have so many fantasies of a lady being like, oh, I heard that you're not that confident with women. Come here, let me, you know, and just like taking me and then like molding me. <laughs> like, You know, and again, I don't want to be the person that's like, oh, you're going to be the one to teach me. Like, I don't want to do that to somebody else. Like, I know how shitty that is. So I'm just curious what other people. Okay. Well, what do you imagine for yourself? I think I would have to have a somebody take charge and do that because I don't even know how to pick up a girl. Yet. What about toys, locations, like stuff you have done or used or places you've been or want to go? I'm not a big fan of toys. I don't know why. I like the physical touch. And I guess if I'm going to feel the need to get myself off, I just use my hands and that's about it. Well, I have used a strap on. So that's not a toy for myself. It's a toy for somebody else. You've used one. Yeah. I love it. See, now I like that. So now that is something I haven't thought about. I do like it a lot. Nice. Because that's something that us as females I want to know what that feels like. Yeah. And that's as close as you can get. And it's great. I do like that feeling of like, it is that, I guess, more of a dominant thing. Yeah. So, yeah, that is such a turn on. And I love it so much. Have you used it to fuck 
vaginas or assholes yeah. or both? Okay. Never an asshole. I would be very apprehensive about that. Because I feel like I can't feel that. So I don't know. Yeah, but they're not feeling into my asshole with their cock. They're still having to check in with me, even if it's a live cock. Personally, I sure hope own. they are. Yeah. Thought experiment. If you met a partner that was like, yeah, put it in my ass. Is that something you would want to do? Like, oh, how, yeah. how, Okay. And you've used butt plugs on your own self? No, I have not. Oh, you haven't? Okay. No, but I'm like, I really probably should look at that because I feel like that just, it'll make things so much better. I mean, if it's calling to you. Right. I just, I'm a procrastinator. No, it's divine timing. It's going to unfold in divine timing. So you think you might explore your butt? I mean, I have. It's not my favorite. I've definitely had anal sex. It's not often enough to get like totally comfortable with it. So I think, you know, if it was something that I would reintroduce kind of into my life, I would start with butt plugs because it's helpful. And knowing things and researching, you know, knowing what do you do? Who talks about, you know, prepping for that? It's normally just like, okay. I think there's some good articles out there. Well, just based on the people who I interviewed for sex at work, cake, like the sex doll, anyone who sells like lube for butts or butt plugs has like a helpful how-to guide on the internet. And then they're also, I think Laurel's has more stuff about like protected anal, but that's another great way if people are interested, but nervous just to have like a little thin covering. But would you ever put your tongue on an asshole? I don't know. I mean, geez, anything's possible. Let's be real. My first time was an order. And that's, I don't, I think I would have been too nervous if someone had been like, and will you lick my asshole? I've been like, I don't know. But like in the moment he was like, try it, try licking my asshole. And I was like, okay, okay. You know, and that's the type of naughty stuff that I like love, you know, love getting ordered to do. What else would you like to get to? What's on your bucket list? Okay, so I had recently been... I met a couple, a married couple, and to be, you know, their unicorn. Never in my wildest dreams would I think, oh, I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to, like, look to be a unicorn or whatever. But I was like, well, damn, why not? Yeah. They're married. They're monogamous. They're all grown up. You know, all that. <laughs> why not? I like females. I like males. Like, that's great. Yeah. And then we all just have sex with each other and, you know, or whatever. And that's what it started out as. I met them like on an app mm-hmm. and it was great. I really liked them. And then it was like, hmm, like, I'm not a guinea pig. As good as it got good, it went south almost as fast. Oh, wow. Because there's things that need to be figured out before you try and introduce somebody else into this relationship. Okay. Well, congratulations to you for recognizing whatever red flags you saw. Because that's, yeah. There was a lot of red flags and it really bums me out because I really liked them. Yeah. And we really had a good time. And I mean, it was great. And I think that there was like some trust issues and, you know, I mean, when I'm, you're telling me to go fuck your husband and then you're coming into the room and saying, get off of my husband. What the fuck are you doing? That's not what you do. That's not cool. When you bring somebody into dynamic. And it was very disappointing. Also, not a nice way to communicate, oh, shit, my feelings have changed. Like, that's pretty rude to your experience. Right. Oh, shit, I'm having a tough time about this. Because I'm very, very open and honest with people about my expectations. And I want you to be, too. So if you're being dishonest with me now, I'm like, oh, I can't trust you. 
you know, when I thought that I could. And there was something, some sort of feelings there that were probably valid, but that needs to be talked about and communicated. And it wasn't. And then I was like put in a very awkward situation where I literally had to cut ties because I'm like, I just can't. I can make drama up in my life if I wanted to. And I don't. Yeah. Who needs it? What about like sex parties or other things like that? Do you have any desire for that sort of stuff? I'm so intrigued by that. I would love to go to a sex party. I would love to, you know, just at first experience it. I want to watch. I want to see what happens and then kind of go from there. And obviously being with somebody that I was comfortable with or, you know, together, I think that would be like such a fun thing to do. And it can totally change your relationship and dynamic and stuff. I think it would be so much fun. What else do you desire for yourself? Any other things that you want to tell us about your hopes for the future? Gosh, I just want to like be able to find somebody or somebody's, I don't know, people that I can have, you know, a trusting relationship with that was like on that same sexual wavelength as I am. Like, I know I have a high sex drive. I know I need a lot of attention and, but damn, I'm willing to give that to somebody else and the right person. And I want that. I know it's out there. I want it. Yeah. But I think when I say, okay, I have a high sex drive, you know, are you, how are you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like how many times I've had guys say, okay, I thought you were kind of kidding. And I'm like, nope. Nope. just want to fuck all the time. <laughs> I can so relate. But I mean, other than that, I guess I just want that, you know, because life is so much better when you're with somebody that's like that. And that's really all that I think I really want out of my sex life anymore. But be open. I'm open to trying all sorts of stuff, but there's nothing that I can say specifically. Yeah. What about anything else you want to say about sex? Any other stories we haven't heard? Anything else you want to tell us? You kind of asked about like having sex in different places. I've had sex in all different places and I love that kind of stuff. Like where you could maybe get caught or you can just mark it off your bucket list, you know, like at like a rest area, you know, where you pull off the highway on a picnic table. I love it. Like outside, just whatever. One time I was with this guy that we met at a bar and then he was from out of town and he came back into town and he had his like, family member's car and we weren't going to have sex in his car so he just pulled over and we had sex like behind like a bush in a random like parking lot like what okay just hurry up because this is what we both want and that's like it's so intense and it's so fun and it's so random but like I don't know a bar of like a really like a dive bar bathroom or in my underground parking at my apartment in my car just with my door open and bent over into my car. It is not dark in mine. I was like, dang, I can't believe I did that. I guess it was like kind of late at night, I'm sure, because we had been out. But I was like, what if somebody saw and I would have to see them in the elevator like for the rest of the time of me living here? Yeah. That's my shame a meter, like going way out of like, ah. But oh well. But then, hey, guess what? I'm having sex. Yeah. <laughs> true. That's true. Anything else that you want to share? One thing that resonates with me, like if I were to like describe like the show or the purpose or anything of it's like, it really is crazy to me how 
a lot of people don't speak their opinion or their experience or whatever because they are shameful of it or embarrassed. I guess, I don't know if that's the same or, you know, just so many different things. And it's like, it's so sad to me that, that so many people feel that way. And I think like with my kids, that's a big thing for me with my kids. I've always just be open, like be yourself. Don't feel like you can't be yourself because I just feel like I don't want to feel that way. You know, I didn't want to feel that way. And I, you know, a lot of times I look at it as like in general, a person, I want to be the friend that you need. I want to be the parent that I needed when I was their age. So like, I think so many things obviously mold who you are and it's so hard to get out of that. So I kind of feel like with my kids, I don't want that to be how they are. I want to make it, you know, open and comfortable and everything from the beginning so that it helps down the road instead of being, you know, 40 and figuring out your sexual being and stuff. So I, they have been very open with me and we've had a lot of conversations that I never in a million years would have talked to my parents about ever, Yeah, ever. And I'm glad that they're that way because it makes them feel so much better. And it makes me feel so much better because I'm kind of informed, even though I don't want to always hear everything kind of black it out, but I think it's more positive than negative. So I guess that's kind of a thing for me. Well, what I hear in that shared reflection is my own experience of the saddest, most tragic parts of life that I encounter in a daily way is when I talk to someone and they're clearly hiding themselves. And it's it's very obvious to me when people are hiding. I don't push because I don't know why. I don't know their thing. It's usually not conscious. I don't want to pressure them. Sometimes I accidentally push because I'm like, well, but you said this and now you're doing that. You know, I've learned to sort of feel into people a little more. But for me personally, I get sad. I'm sad most of the time because of how much people are just hidden from each other. And now I speak to enough people one-on-one about very personal stuff and know for a fact that at least a few hundred people in the world have written to me to say they don't feel like they have anyone but me, which most of the time when I'm getting these emails, I'm an internet stranger to people, to share this with. And that's when I just, you know, I hear your discomfort in in figuring out, you know, you're breaking a huge generational cycle, accepting some of this information from your kids that is for you uncomfortable. And also for any parents listening who have younger ones, I mean, I don't know, maybe this is still helpful for you, but the book Beyond Birds and Bees by Bonnie J. Ruff is such, I think, a beautiful framework for creating your own jumping off point for what one might want as a parent to share with their child or, or bring up sex-wise. So I really just want to say how beautiful I think it is that you are offering that both to yourself and to your kids. And now I heard you have a grandbaby? Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That is crazy to me because I'm like, oh my God, that's like my child that I produced that yeah. now had a child and I'm like nope I'm not old enough for this <laughs> but it is great and to see that dynamic change in my daughter then to being a mom and stuff and that did change some of our conversations because it obviously opens up a whole new world to everything else but yeah crazy how life happens <laughs> totally. okay so if you could go back in time and tell younger you a piece of sex advice what age or ages would you pick and what would you say 
I thought about it earlier today. I think really, really, I would go back to whenever I was, you know, six, seven or whatever, getting touched by my cousin and just really like reassure me over how many years I have a voice. Like I should feel okay with saying anything to anybody, especially if it's not something that's right or that I'm not comfortable with. Like I have a voice. It took me a very long time to feel comfortable with that. And that is where I think it could have really changed to who I am because when things were like tucked away, not talked about, or even addressed, that made me feel very like insignificant or, oh, well, you know, that's sad. And that, that really has changed a lot of things for me over the years. And it's taken me 46 years to get to this place where I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't care. Not trying to hurt your feelings, but sometimes the truth is a hard pill to swallow and you might need to hear it. But I never would have done that before. So I think that that would be a huge, huge thing for me to, you know, be a positive. And you have a voice no matter what. Fuck yeah. Also, you're literally here using your voice to share your story. And I'm super grateful and cheering you on. Nicole, thank you so much for being a guest on Sex Stories. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. Do you have a sex question you want to ask me? You talk about toys a lot and liking to use them. Is there some sort of a sex toy, apparatus, accessory, something that doesn't exist that you think should or you'd like to have? 